0: and welcome back to the Liberation Station podcast with me, Sarah. So today what I wanted to talk about was something I have spent an awful lot of time studying and trying to understand is how to build positive habits into our lives. And as a coach of Eight, nine years now, at this point, this has been integral um, in terms of understanding this and how I help other people to do more of the things that they want to do and understanding the science of behavior change and how we can actually get ourselves to do things. But today, I kind of wanted to go on the other side of things. So what I wanted to actually address today was more around how do we stop doing the things that we know are not particularly helpful. So instead of thinking just about what we want to do more of, how do we actually stop doing things that, let's say, are not in alignment with the thing that we are trying to do in our lives? So I thought I would just jump straight in with three practical ways that you can actually implement to stop doing the things. (laughs) So it's not doing the things, it's the not doing of the things and how you actually do that. So let's say, for example, um, you want to, you know, stop smoking or you want to stop eating so much chocolate or you want to... Just something that you know is, it's okay to a point, but maybe it's just something you're conscious of not doing quite so much. So three really helpful and practical tips that I have found extremely helpful. And I'm going to share the f- the first one I'm going to share, sorry, is my favorite. I really love this strategy. And actually, the reason I'm doing this podcast is because this came up really recently in one of my sessions and it reminded me just like how powerful it actually is. And I thought this is really worth talking about and sharing and kind of getting deep into like why this strategy really works. So strategy number one is what I like to call the art of negotiating with yourself. So what this means, let's break this down. Whenever we don't want to do something, but we find that we keep doing something anyway. So like, let's use the example of you're trying to eat less, um, you know, I don't like to use the word junk food because I think it, it implies too much judgment <laughs> and I'm conscious of language but let's I like to call that sort of food like food that lacks a certain amount of nutrient density so things like chocolate crisps takeaways alcohol etc well alcohol maybe it's its own category but for the purposes of, of what I'm about to say it, it's all kind of the same thing it's something that you know isn't particularly conducive to health when done in excess so So crisps and chocolate are fine. But if you find you like every single night, I'm always having it. And I just, I don't want to do that anymore. So you know that there is a part of you that doesn't want to do this anymore, right? Because that's why you, you are saying in the first place, I don't want to do this. Yet you still keep doing it. So... The the bit to recognize, first of all, is that there are at least two parts of you here that are on board. The part of you that doesn't want it and the part of you that does. And at this moment in time, the part of you that wants it, that wants to sit down and have the chocolate and all of that kind of stuff is actually succeeding above the part of you that doesn't want it. So the reason I call it the art of negotiating with yourself is because it's about learning how to speak to the part of you that does want the thing that isn't conducive to your overarching sort of goals and aspirations and generally who you want to be. Because I feel like a really big mistake we often make is that when we're trying not to do something, we kind of go into this sort of like, right, I'm going to quit having chocolate. I'm going to stop having it and I'm just going to do it. And more often than not, what you find is that maybe you can do it for a little bit and you can use a certain amount of willpower, but then eventually you stop doing it because it's too hard. You're, you're, you That part of you that really wants it wins every time. So this strategy is really about learning how to speak to that part. So using the example of wanting to eat less chocolate, I'm going to use this example because this was something that was very present in my own life actually. (laughs) Um, So let's, let's pretend that you're trying to eat less chocolate. And I decide or you decide in this instance that you are going to speak to the part of you that really wants to have the chocolate. So the conversation may go something like this. So let's say the evening comes, let's say that's your trigger, the time that you're like, you really want it. And your brain is like, oh, I really want the chocolate. Oh my gosh. And you go, okay, hello. (laughs) Um, I know you really want the chocolate. Of course you want the chocolate tell me about how you want the chocolate. Tell you what, tell me all about that. And how about I negotiate with you? So I know you really want it. Of course, you're going to really want it. And this is really important that you don't go into judging here. Instead of having it this very second, why don't we have something else that's really nice, that's still in line with my goals. So let's say it's more fruit or vegetables. I mean, vegetables might not be the thing in this moment, but whatever. You pick something that is conducive to eating more healthy foods, more nutrient-dense foods. And we're going to put a pause on this and we're going to say, if you want it in 20 minutes time, then you can have it. Now, this The important part about this strategy is that it's really important that you actually do have the chocolate in twenty minutes <laughs> if you still want it. You maybe want to leave it thirty minutes. I think twenty minutes is usually fine but the point here is that instead of saying no, you can't have it when you when that urge comes up, this is the distinction. You're not saying no you're simply saying how about?" we wait for 20 minutes first. If you still really, really want it, then you can have it. And what's so great about this strategy is, well, several things, and that's what I'm going to break down now on why this really works. So the reason it works so well is because you're not saying no. When you say no, that suddenly creates all of this like tension around it and like the desire for it actually goes up because the more you can't have something the more you want it right so by saying yes you can have it but not this second it suddenly takes all of that kind of pressure off of like well I can wait 20 minutes I can actually do that and that's okay and what you're doing is you're getting that part of you that really wants the thing on board with the other part of you that quote-unquote like knows better so Mark Manson calls this the having a thinking brain and the feeling brain so the thinking brain is the part of you that logically understands that not eating 20 bars of chocolate is a good idea like we all have that part of us the logical bit that's like you know it's obviously a good idea to not do that and yet the feeling brain is the part that wants what it wants it will whether it's logical or not it's just driven by emotion and feeling And he argues that we make the mistake in believing that the thinking brain... Is the brain that makes our decisions when in fact it's the feeling brain or the emotional part of us that makes our decisions. And this is super important because if the feeling brain is what is driving the bus and ultimately is what makes our decisions for us, then our job is to learn how to negotiate with that part of us as opposed to the thinking brain thinking <laughs> that it knows best and that it can overrule the feeling brain. So I also like to think of this as almost like a parent-child sort of relationship. The thinking brain is like the adult of the room and the child is the feeling brain. And the adult knows best, but If you've ever interacted with kids, you know that to get them on board, you need to kind of negotiate with them. Now, sometimes, obviously, I know there's boundaries, so this is probably not the perfect analogy. But the point here is to say it's in the negotiation that gets the feeling brain on board, which ultimately is the part of us that actually makes the decisions. So what we make the mistake of is beating up the feeling brain, right? We tell the feeling brain it's wrong, that it's stupid, that it's shameful, that it's terrible. Unfortunately, this doesn't work. And I've talked about this in previous episodes before about the uh, you know importance of compassion and all these kinds of things. And it's kind of talking about that here where actually, if it worked to judge and push and tell tell that part of us that it's wrong and terrible, then we would all be doing the right things or the things that are in alignment for us, right? But we're not. And why? It's because a lot of the time we don't know how to speak to that part. So I know I'm kind of repeating myself a lot here, but this is so worth understanding that We actually have to be like in full support and acceptance and love of the part of us that really wants the chocolate, right? It's like, of course you do. Chocolate is amazing and lovely and I so get it. I'm like, I'm here for you. I hear you. And what you find is the feeling brain goes, well, I feel understood and seen and heard and now I am more likely to pay attention to what you're asking of me and I'm more likely to meet the demands of what the thinking brain wants, right? But as long as you remember the feeling brain is in charge, not the thinking brain, then you are much more likely to have success in convincing the feeling brain of the thinking brain's amazing ideas, right? (laughs) Um, So I think this strategy is unbelievably helpful and it is so simple. It's just a case of I'm going to wait and then we can try again. And the other part about this, okay, so there's, there's the thinking and the feeling brain part. The other part that's really, really good is quite often... When it comes to behaviours that are not particularly helpful for us, they're usually a bit, like it's more like a craving or an urge. But actually, these uh, cravings and urges do pass. So what it also does is not only are you speaking well to the part of you that really wants it and negotiating well and loving that part of you, it's also giving yourself the space between a feeling and a craving and urge and not acting on it impulsively and quickly and you get really a lot better at delaying your immediate gratification, your urges, your drives, your sort of impulsive decisions but it's not so long that it feels like undoable you know because I think if it was like wait for a day then your brain's gonna be like no (laughs) but if it's 20 minutes it's like okay that's doable I can do that I can wait I can sit with the discomfort of this and then by the time the 20 minutes comes up more often than not You don't actually want it anymore. The craving has passed. The urge has passed. Thinking of it as like a wave, you know, I think um, it was Emma's story cordon, she was talking about this recently on Instagram. She's really great. Actually, if you want to follow her, she's got some great content. Um, She talks about surfing the urge. So the idea that you can learn to witness the waves that come in and not kind of act on them because they'll pass, right? A wave crashes and then it drops. So that's often the case with, um, you know, cravings is that they do actually pass, but you have to give it the space. Equally, if you do get to the 20 minutes and you go, I still want the chocolate, The good part here is that there is a chance that you will actually enjoy it a lot more because you've not just impulsively, unconsciously eaten it and then gone, God, why did I do that? Why do I do this? What's wrong with me? I didn't even like it. Now I feel terrible. All of that kind of guilt comes in and all of that because you know that even though there's nothing inherent well I would argue there's nothing inherently wrong with eating chocolate you know it's not conducive to the kind of person you want to be and it doesn't feel good to be out of integrity with ourselves so what this does is it's like well now I have owned that choice instead of being driven by like an impulsive desire I have actually gone do you know what I still really want it and I'm going to really enjoy it and I'm going to own my choice and actually sit and be present with it And that is a far more enjoyable experience anyway. So that's another reason why I love this strategy, because I just think it really helps you to actually get in touch with what you truly want, rather than being driven by sort of fleeting emotions and feelings that actually were probably born out of well we don't really know it could be anything you could be triggered by anything just simply turning the tv on could be your trigger or it could be that someone upset you like that's not really for the purpose of this episode but the point is you're not being sort of driven by these triggers you're being driven by more conscious choice So that's the first strategy that I wanted to go through. Uh, The second one is in the name of trying to not do the things. Make doing the thing that you don't want to do as often harder to do. So like I said in the beginning, um, when it comes to building sort of positive behavior change and habits into our lives what we actually want to do there and something i've studied a lot is about trying to make doing the right thing as easy as possible and we've talked about this on the podcast quite extensively and it will come up again and again i talk about this so much because what you're actually trying to do there is reduce friction but the opposite is also true when you're trying to not do something. So try and make doing the thing that you don't want to do so much harder to actually do. And that will reduce your chance quite significantly of not doing it. So let's use chocolate again as an example because I'm quite liking this example. And it just makes it easier to, because to, you could use this, all three strategies on the same problem. So in the case of trying to eat less chocolate you could simply not have it in the house. So anytime you do want it you actually have to go out to the shop to buy it. That could be enough of a barrier for you to not have the chocolate. I appreciate that sometimes this can be hard to do if you've got children and they want that or but it it depends on how your family dynamic works but Simply making it harder for yourself in one way. So that could be just not having it in the house. If that's not an option, keeping it out of sight or asking people to put it somewhere where you can't see it if they really want it and hiding it from yourself. Now, again, this is not to say never have chocolate ever, but it just reduces the amount that you would be having it. And this is really, really simple, but very easily overlooked, I find, that just by not having it in in your visual field, that you are much less likely to have it. And by doing this, you are actually creating friction. So that's why this is really effective. You want to create friction to doing the thing. And what it's also doing, quite like the first strategy, is it's also giving you a pause between have like between wanting the thing, the urge, and then actually having the thing. So it creates space. Space between the initial feeling of wanting that thing and then actually doing the thing and then by that time you might actually be able to surf that urge ride the wave and then be like you know what I don't really want it it's not really worth going to the shop for this because that's actually going to take more effort and by the time I get there I might not even want it anymore so that can be also really useful And finally, tip number three to help yourself stop doing the things that you don't want to do quite so much is actually to focus more on what you want to do instead. So, once again, let's use chocolate as an example. I don't want to eat as much chocolate. What do you want to have in place of that? What is it that you do want? So, you don't want that so much, but it's also because you maybe want to have more nutrient dense foods because you want to have more vitality, you want to have more health, you want to eat the foods that you know are going to make your body feel really really good so in this instance while not eating as much chocolate is certainly going to help towards that you also want to eat maybe more fruit and vegetables or more protein or more like high healthy fats for example so something that, that that can be really helpful, and I kind of touched upon this on the first point, is to actually like say, I'm going to have the thing that I do want more, in you know, the thinking part of you wants more, the logical part, the part that wants is in your best interest, um, that part wants to have more fruit and veg. So instead of having chocolate, every time you get the urge to have that, have a piece of fruit or have something available in the house that is still tasty because... If it doesn't taste good and you really want chocolate, it, I find, honestly, it doesn't work that well. It's got to be something that you like. That's still pretty good. I could totally have that. So it could be some other sweet thing, that's, but it's actually like higher in protein or something. So you could look up some nice recipes or something that, ha, you know, just thinking is of examples, something that has some similar taste like enjoyment but has more nutrient density because ultimately that is actually what you want is what you want to eat more of the the higher nutrient density food in this example so that actually can be really helpful as well because the brain does struggle with no it struggles with um as soon as you say no it creates a sort of scarcity and we are not really wired very well to handle scarcity too well in the sense that when we feel like we can't have something it makes us want it more so it's about not sort of creating scarcity where possible and thinking more about abundance and more what we can have and that can be a lot easier for the brain to process because you can't not think of something it's a it's a hard thing to do (laughs) so focusing more on the behaviors that you actually want to implement is also a really good way of by proxy not doing the stuff that you don't want to do as much so another really good example of this is like you know um maybe you don't want to watch as much TV. This is another example. So it doesn't have to be food related at all. It can be some, some other behavior like that or using social media as much, like being on your phone as much. And think about what you want to use that time for instead. Like be clear on the stuff you actually want. Like because you don't just not want something for the sake of not wanting it. It's because you usually want something else as well. So it might be it's because I want that time to read more Or it's because I want that time to focus on projects that I really care about, and then getting engrossed in more of those things means, by proxy, you might find yourself watching less television. This can be helpful, but again, if you're finding that it's really difficult to do that, then you might want to adopt a different strategy. So, let's say, you know, with the TV one, it could be like, okay, I'm allowed to watch TV in twenty. Like, if I want to watch TV in twenty minutes, then I will. But in the meantime, I'm going to read the books and do the stuff that I said I was going. to do first and again you're teaching yourself how to delay that gratification but you're still allowing yourself to have it if you really want it and you might find that you actually don't by the time you get stuck in to doing the things that you do actually want to do because then you remember oh I actually like eating healthily oh I actually like reading I actually like doing my creative projects and it's no longer like having to fight not doing something else because you're doing something that's in favor of what you actually really want anyway so I hope this has been helpful Um, let me know if any of these strategies um, really speak to you if they ring true for you and if you try any of them out I would love to hear from you Um, feel free to email us you could follow us on instagram at liberation station podcast on instagram And leave any messages there in our direct messages. And if it was helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend if you think they might find it helpful too. And as always, leave a review or a comment on any of the platforms that we are on. It really, really helps us out on particularly on iTunes and on Spotify. Thank you so, so much for your time and attention and I'll speak to you all later. Bye.